Welcome to the Greater Is God podcast, where we believe God is greater than what you have faced in your past, greater than what you are currently facing in your present, and greater than what you will face in the future. Where we believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Stay tuned as we get prepared to dive into a brand new episode. Welcome to the Greater Is God podcast. I am your host, Ashley, and I am so excited that you are taking the time to listen to this podcast today. I take it as a great honor and a great privilege to be able to speak to you. I want to give you what it is that God wants to give you through this podcast each and every time you listen. So I take it seriously. I take a moment to fast and and to pray so that I can give you what it is that God wants you to receive. I don't want to give you anything from Ashley because Any advice just from me is going to be ineffective, but the advice that God gives you through this podcast, the word that he gives you, the conviction that you receive, see, that's going to be life-changing and life-altering. And that is what I want you to receive. I want you to receive life-changing and life-altering words from God, not from me. But I thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I received incredible text messages, um, incredible words of encouragement, words of wisdom. And I just, I'm overwhelmed and I'm overjoyed. And I thank you so much. I thank everybody who took the time to listen, who has shared this with family members and friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, It is my great honor and privilege to be able to do this. And I just pray that God continues to use me to speak to people through me because I just want to do his will. I just want to do what it is that he desires for me to do. I want to do a good job at representing him or uh, representing him to the world. That is what my heart's desire is, is to represent God to the world. I want to be that light in a dark world. And I want you to be that light alongside of me. I want us to all be a light together in this dark world. I want us to be able to encourage one another, to motivate one another, to stand alongside each other when we're going through trials and tribulations. Because there's something that happens when we go through a trial or a tribulation, because it's easy to represent or represent God to the world when nothing uh, is happening in your life and everything is going well. And, you know, you don't have too much to worry about. But there is a difference when you do have things to worry about. There's a difference when you've lost your job, when someone you trusted betrayed you, when you were passed up for that promotion again, when a door closes, when you start having health issues, when everyone around you is receiving a financial blessing but you, when you experience church hurt, or when your business begins to fail, or you're not experiencing the level of success that you hope to experience at this moment in your life, when you start going through trials and tribulations, that's when it becomes difficult. That's when it becomes hard. But I want to tell you, your reaction to those trials and tribulations is just a reflection of your relationship with God. Your reaction to the trials and tribulations that you face is just a reflection of your relationship with God. Do you have a good relationship with God? What is your relationship status? Does your relationship status with God say taken? I am fully committed to my relationship with Christ. I am in a committed relationship with him. Does it say comp- it's complicated? I think many of our statuses at some point in time has said it's complicated. And I don't think the complicated one was God. I think the complicated one was us because even though we know him and know that he died on the cross for our sins, 
we still kind of want to live how we want to live. We want to live on our own terms, even though we know deep down in our hearts that it's God's terms that is going to get us to where it is that we need to be, that we can't go to heaven living on our own terms, that we can't go to heaven being on the fence, going back and forth on what it is that God has told us to do. But we know that we've got to obey him. And there's something about obeying him. There's something about giving up those uh, weekends, uh, you know, going out with your girls at the club or uh, giving up those moments when, you know, you want to still talk to that guy who, you know, wants more than to just be friends with you. Whatever it is, there's these moments where we choose ourselves instead of choosing God, where we choose to please our flesh instead of to pleasing our Savior. But he died for us. Doesn't that count for something? Matter of fact, it should count for everything. But when those trials and those tribulations come, how do you respond? I want you to think about your reaction. How do you react when something negative takes place in your life, when your marriage is on the rocks and you don't know if you guys are going to make it? Do you react? Do you respond by praying, by fasting, by repeating the promises of God over your life, over your husband, by repeating the scriptures? Or do you react by saying, oh, I knew I shouldn't have never married you in the first place. I knew you wasn't going to do nothing but do me wrong. Like, how do you react? Because your reaction says a lot about who it is that you serve. Your reaction says a lot about who it is that you are committed to. Listen, there is always a battle going on, y'all. There's a battle going on in between the world and in between God. And each and every day we wake up, we have got to make a choice. We've got to choose. Am I going to serve God or am I going to live how I want to live? What am I going to choose? The Bible says, choose this day whom you will serve. Because you can't serve yourself and serve God. You can't be out there chasing money and chasing God. It doesn't work like that. Listen, I want to encourage you on today to deepen your relationship with God. And one of the ways that you know your relationship has been deepened with him is when you no longer respond how you used to respond. When your responses don't even look the same, they don't even sound the same. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 to do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The only way you're going to be able to know what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is, is by allowing him to renew your mind, to transform your mind, to change your mind from how you used to think to how he desires for you to think. We've got to be willing to make a change. We've got to be willing to make a change. And it goes so much farther than just saying, oh, God, I'm willing to make a change, going to the altar and crying out to God. You should be doing that. Yes, I I want to encourage you to do that. But unless you make a decision in your mind, I'm going to stop living any old kind of way. I'm, I'm going to start pleasing God. I'm going to start putting God first until you make that decision in your mind. Nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change. You've got to make that mental shift first because then you're going to know how to respond when a trial and tribulation takes place in your life when you make that shift. You know, in James, it tells us, he tells us in James, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete 
not lacking in anything. The only way that you are not going to be lacking in anything is if you go through a trial and if you persevere through that trial. And if you don't allow the trial to take you under, but you realize that no matter what it is that I'm going through, my God is 10 times bigger than what it is that I'm facing today. And all I've got to do is turn to him. All I've got to do is make a decision in my mind that I've already won the victory. It says in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I think when we go through trials and tribulations, we get antsy. We start getting uncomfortable. You know, because trials and tribulations are uncomfortable, we start we start wanting to do things in our own way. We we give God a select amount of time to answer us. And then if he doesn't answer in our time frame, we want to take back the reins of control. We want to take back the reins of control. And even that sentence, even that statement doesn't make sense to me, because even when you think that you're in control, you're not really in control. God is always in control. It's so much easier when you give him the reins of control and you leave them in his hands. I know he's not answering when you want him to answer, but it's on God's time and not on your own. That is a part of faith is trusting him. God, I don't see it. God, I don't know when you're going to come through, but I trust that you're going to come through. And I'm releasing the reins of control that I believe that I have over my own life. And I'm saying, God, I surrender all. Not some, not a partial surrenderance, but I surrender all. God, I give it all to you because I know that I'm not in control anyway. I know that you are the one who is in control of my destiny. The Lord said, I formed you in your mother's womb. In your mother's womb, I created you. I set you apart for a reason. That's why you've never been able to hang out with that group of friends. That's why you've never really been able to fit in. That's why you've always been a little bit different. That's why you've always standed out. God said this because I, I formed you in your mother's womb to be a light. And you keep trying to blend in with darkness. Can't, don't you know that darkness and light cannot coexist? You've got to come out from there. Because light is who I created you to be. I created you to be the salt of the earth, not the sugar. Yes, everyone may like the sugar. Yes, the sugar may look like the salt, but the sugar is not the salt. And the sugar is not what I called you to be. So you can keep sugarcoating the messages that I've asked you to speak to your people, or you can be the salt of the earth and know that just not not everybody has a taste for salt. Not everybody's going to like the saltiness that you bring. And I had to make a commitment to myself, even on this podcast, because there's sometimes that things that God wants me to say. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you want me to say that? Ain't nobody going to listen to the podcast after I say something like that. And God said, I never called you to do a podcast for people to like it. This isn't about people liking it, Ashley, and I need you to get that through your head. And, And whoever it is I'm speaking to you, I need you to get that through your head as well. It's not about people liking you. Okay, Um, it's about us doing what God calls us to do. It's about me saying what he has called me to say, even if it is unpopular, even if people will no longer subscribe to the podcast. God said, I'll send you the ones who are going to subscribe. I'll send you the ones who are going to be uh, long term subscribers, the people who I've called you to talk to. Don't worry about the numbers, how many people are are, are listening or how many people are watching. What I need you to worry about is saying what I've called you to say. I need you to make a commitment to me. Because when you make a commitment to me, the people who you serve will be served well. But when you make a commitment to serve yourself, when you make a commitment to say things that you think people will like instead of saying things that people need to hear. See, that's when you start to 
go more on the sugary side and then the salt. Listen, they may look the same, like I said, but they taste quite different. And God has called us to be the salt of the earth. Listen, I thank God for the calling that he has on my life. And I thank God for the calling that he has on your life. But I think we've come to a point, we've reached a point in the road where it's time for you to choose. What do they say? We've reached a fork in the road. You're either going to go left or you're going to go right. This is your moment right here, right now. You know you've been lukewarm. You know that your relationship with God has been on and off again and again. You know there's been things that God has called you to and you have ignored God's call. God sees you when you ignore his call. Just like today, if you if somebody ignores your call, you know, because you go straight to voicemail. It's either that or they phone dead and you hoping they phone dead because you don't like to be ignored. God doesn't like to be ignored either. But God knows when you've ignored his call. And, and we're steady praying to him and asking him, Lord, um, give me a word. Give me something. I, God, I need something. And God's saying, you didn't even do the last thing that I called you to. You didn't even do the last thing that I asked you to do. And you want me to give you something else to do in hopes that you'll do that? When you didn't do the first thing I asked you to do? God says, not so. Go back and do what I asked you to do. Go back and do what I asked you to do. Listen, I, there's so many scriptures and stories in the Bible um, that I absolutely love. But one of my favorite uh, passages in the Bible, one of my favorite stories is that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. I mean, the story just impacts me um, in such a special way, and it's because of their response it was their response. It was their reaction to what was getting ready to take place in their life. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to give a brief synopsis. Nebuchadnezzar um, had built this golden statue. And what he wanted uh, was for people to worship the statue uh, when the music starts to play. And they need to bow down and they need to worship it. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who they served. They knew their God. They had a relationship with their God. And they said, we will not disrespect our God by bowing down and worshiping anything else. We won't worship anything else. We only are here to worship God. And so what happens is Nebuchadnezzar hears from his people. His people come and say, Nebuchadnezzar, those Hebrew boys, those Hebrew boys, those exiles that you have appointed to such a high place, well, they're not listening to you. Didn't you say, Nebuchadnezzar, that everybody needs to bow down when the music played? Because your people in the high places that you appointed them to aren't bowing down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, some reason they feel like they're exempt from you, King Nebuchadnezzar. And this really fired Nebuchadnezzar up. It fired him up so much that he said, you know what, I'm going to go and speak to them. Uh, you know, and when he's speaking to them, he's asking them, he's saying, why? Why is it that you will not bow down to this God, this foreign God, this statue that I've created, that I've told people they need to bow down to? And they respond and they say, we do not need to defend ourselves in this matter with you, but we will not bow down to this statue that you have made, this foreign uh, statue, this gold figure. We will not bow down to it. We will not. And, and we, they said, we believe that God has the power to save us. But even if he doesn't, it's not because he can't. It's just because it wasn't his will. 
Mm, right there. It's not because God can't save us from your fiery furnace, but it's because it wasn't his will. If he doesn't save us, how many of us have a relationship with God like that where our reaction to death is, well, if God can save us, but even if he doesn't, it's not because he can. It's just simply because it wasn't his will. How many of us can stare in the face of death and say something like that? That's a relationship right there. When you trust God so much that you're willing to die, you're willing to die for what it is that you believe in and not bow down to something that you don't. Man, we live in such a generation of people pleasing, saying things and walking on on, on the line and not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings and, and wanting to be gentle and wanting to be kind. And that's good. And I want you to be gentle and kind, but I also want you to do the will of God and say what it is that he has placed on your heart to say and do what it is that he has placed on your heart to do, because that's a relationship. That's what's going to get you true salvation, that obedience. I I just, I believe in you so much. And what I want you to do is I want you to start believing that your relationship with God needs to take precedent over everything else in your life. Yeah, I know you got kids. Yeah, I know you've got a husband. Yeah, I know that you've got obligations. Yeah, I know you've got a job. Yeah, I know that there's so much going on in your life. But what what I'm saying to you is, Out of all those jobs that you have, of all those hats that you um, have on your head day after day, all those hats that you've got to put on, none of those matter unless at the end of your life you hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God wants you to be his good and faithful servant. God wants you to trust him when the circumstances around you are looking grim. He wants you to know that he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you, that he was there for you in the fiery furnace, and he will be there for you on the mountaintop. God is there for you in the midst of it all. He was there with Joseph in the prison, and he was there with Joseph in the palace. From the very beginning when his brothers sold him into slavery God was there he had a plan for Joseph's life and it didn't look good because Joseph gets to the palace and and Potiphar's wife seduces him and he refuses to sleep with her and then she says oh well Joseph raped me and so he goes from being in slavery to finally being in the palace being Potiphar's right hand man to going into jail for something that he did not do and even then even in the jailhouse even in a dark place he was still ministering to the people there God was still using him God said I will use you in the prison just like I will use you in the palace. All you've got to do is trust in me. You've got to believe that I can use you anywhere. I can use you in any condition that you're in. Whether you're broken, I can use you because I can use your the testimony that I'm going to give you when I heal you. I can use you in whatever state that you're in, but you've got to be willing to allow me to use you. God said, I'm right here. I never left. I never left When you walked away, I was standing in the same place with my arms outstretched saying, come back home. You can go out there if you want to, but I promise you the world will never treat you like God will. God is saying, come back home. This is your moment. You don't pray like you used to pray. I'm the one who gave you that job that you begged me for. And you don't even pray. My reward for giving you that job is is that you stop praying. What sense does that make? 
You don't even fast like you used to fast. Remember when you were on fire for me? Well, who blew the fire out? Because it certainly wasn't God. What dimmed your light? Because it wasn't God. Whatever it is that's taking you away from him and preventing you from being all that it is that he has called you to be, I want you to reflect and find that thing, find that weed that has been planted. And I don't want you to just chop off the top of the weed because um, the root is still there. I want you to get to the very root of the issue here. Why am I not on fire? Why do I not love God with the same passion that I once loved him with? Why is it that I'm always wavering, going back and forth, even though I know what it is that the word of God says, even though I know that I have a calling on my life? I want you to get to the the root of the weed, because unless you get to the root of the weed, it's just going to continue to grow black. And I know that you can cut it off at the surface and then it'll look like you don't have weeds in your garden. And I think sometimes that's enough to please people. As long as it don't look like I got weeds in my garden, as long as my garden looks as nice as everyone else, but under the surface, it's a complete mess. God says, I don't want you to just be surface saved. I want you to be saved, saved. I want you to be saved in in the very depths of your soul. I want to be able to walk in the fiery furnace with you. I want you to go into the fiery furnace bound and come out and not even a hair is singed. You don't even smell like smoke. Your reaction is a reflection of your relationship with God. We're going to keep coming back to that because I want you to know your reaction is, is telling on you. You say that you trust in God, but your reaction is telling on you. You say that you really love God, but your reaction is telling on you. It's telling the truth about you and your your relationship with God. Listen, when we say that we are Christians and we say that we believe in God and we say that we trust God, people are watching. And when your reaction is just like the world's reaction, they say, what God? What God could they possibly be serving when they react to their trials and tribulations just like I react? Fussing and cussing and saying this and that and walking around mad, stumping their feet. They're reacting just like the world will react. I don't want that to be you. If that's ever been you, it's been me before. Let's be honest. Let's be transparent. I'm sure there's been reactions in the last seven days that might not have honored God. But what I'm saying is it's time for us to get to the root of the issue. It's time for us to say, okay, what is it that I'm struggling with? Why am I having these trust issues? What is it it that I'm going through? I've got to get to the root because I don't want the surface to look good. But below the surface, I don't want that to be a complete mess. What good is it for me to look good on the outside, but my soul is completely destroyed? Some of us are carrying around so many burdens and not even just our own, but also the burdens of our other of others, our mothers and our brothers, our sisters carrying around so many burdens. It's time to let it go. the, The word of God says, come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's time for us to give God our all, not just half of us, not just a piece of us, but give God our all. It's time for our reactions to truly reflect the God that we serve, to truly reflect that God is good. I know I'm going to make it through this. He's brought me through trials and tribulations before. Let me not forget. Man, I think that's one of the things that amazed me uh, when I was reading about the religion of uh, Israelite, because I was like, wow, they keep uh, forgetting that God has brought them out of Egypt, that God continues to provide for them, even through all their cries, despite of their behavior, God continues to love on them. And God says, I don't know why you're so shocked when uh, you, my sister, have been the children, have reacted and acted like the children of the Israelites. You have acted like that. You have forgotten 
that's why I always uh, journal now. I write it down so that I can go back and remember what it is that God has brought me through and how it is that he has blessed me time and time again, even when I didn't deserve it, even when I didn't deserve it. I write it down now. I said, look, I'm not going to forget. I'm going to remember. And when I go through those trials and tribulations, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reflect on all the times he's brought me out. And I'm going to use that as my encouragement. I'm going to encourage myself by looking at how many times God has blessed me. God, look, I I just wanted this short message about your reactions um, to cause you to reflect on how it is that you react. Do you react um, how it is that God would want you to react or how it is that the world uh, reacts? What what is your reaction saying about you and your relationship? Um, so I hope this word ministered to your soul. Um, I, I want you to be saved, not just on the surface, but in the very depths of your soul. I want you to be saved, saved. I think that's going to be the, the new lingo on here. I want you to be saved, saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going back to Kojic, y'all. Um, but God bless y'all. I hope you guys have um, received a word from today. Um, if this has blessed your soul, subscribe, like, review, you know, whatever platform you're listening to this on. Um, I do want it to be a blessing to others. So if you can share it out, share it out. I really do truly appreciate it. God bless you.